Amateur Radio Newsline Report, number 2,368, with a release date of Friday, March 17th, 2023, to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Severe weather strikes the U.S. on both coasts. A two-year de-expedition sets sail with two missions, and when line-of-sight communication can serve as a lifeline. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2,368 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline. Amateur Radio's independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. And now reporting from Valparaiso, Indiana, here's Paul Brown, WD9GCO. Our top story brings us tales of extreme weather on both coasts of the United States. These severe conditions have served as a reminder of HAM's vital roles during these challenging times. Randy Sly, W4XJ, brings us up to date. With life-threatening floods, heavy rain and snow in California, and severe winter storms barreling through the Northeast, amateurs involved in emergency communications in the United States were hard at work recently, providing support to emergency management officials and other organizations such as the Red Cross. While offering assistance to served agencies, these hams were also bringing about an additional benefit, increasing confidence in the amateur radio service. For example, in the San Joaquin Valley area of California, the two Alumni County Amateur Radio Emergency Services was asked to assist in passing traffic via ham radio in the Emergency Operations Center. Daniel Son, WL7COO, San Joaquin Valley Section Emergency Coordinator, told AR Newsline that the group was invited to assist as a work-in-progress training exercise to distribute announcements on the air and solicit situational awareness as eyes and ears of the EOC. He also reported that amateur radio service volunteers have been alerted for potential deployment by either the Sheriff's Office or county OES officers in other counties as well. In addition, hams across the Northeast, if not working in Skywarn nets, were self-activating in order to provide reports of strong winds, snowfall, and damage reports to the National Weather Service. Remembering the health and safety of self and family first, amateurs on both coasts are proving their worth now and for the future during severe weather events. This is Randy Sly, W4XJ. A two-year journey is well underway for two hams from the U.S. on board a catamaran crossing the South Pacific Ocean. They have two missions to accomplish, and Kevin Trotman, 10.5PRE, tells us what they are. George Walner, AA7JV, and Michael Snow, KN4EEI, left Costa Rica in late February, setting sail and getting on the air as KH7Z-MM. The call sign for the Dateline DX Association. They are on board George's yacht, Magnet. Using their personal calls as well as the DX Association call, the two are active on HF as well as 6 meters. They will be on the Marquesas Islands through to the end of the month and then head towards Tuamotu Archipelago, IOTA number OC 066, where they will hope to be on the air from late March to the 5th of April. This is a two year journey with two goals. The hams are activating grids on their journey in the Pacific and they are testing out the possibility of remote operations for de-expeditions. Their stops include various rare or semi-rare DXCC entities as the opportunity allows. 
They also have three stations. Two of them are 100 watt remotely operated radios in a box, or RIBS, that will be operating FT8. The radio in a box contains a transceiver and an amplifier along with cooling and control systems, all inside a waterproof case. Using their third station, the two are operating on HF using CW and SSB. This is the latest remote operation test undertaken by George and Michael on their travels. George writes on his page on QRZ, quote, The goal is to develop the capability for future de-expeditions to have remote operators working from home or wherever. This is Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. If you're interested in exploring the microwave part of the spectrum, you're about to get your chance. Jack Parker, W8ISH, tells us about an international conference devoted to just that. In less than a month, microwave enthusiasts will be getting together in Connecticut to share ideas, equipment design, and operating stories at the first microwave update conference to be held since the pandemic was declared in 2020. The International Conference at the Hilton Garden Inn at Bradley Airport in Windsor, Connecticut, will include the 46th Eastern VHF-UHF Microwave Conference. It will be held on April 14th and 15th and will be hosted by the Northeast Week Signal Group, a regional group in Massachusetts devoted to operations on 50 MHz and above. The Eastern VHF-UHF Microwave Conference plans additional activities on April 13th and 16th around the main conference dates. For details, visit the website microwaveupdate, that's one word, dot org. This is Jack Parker, W8ISH. Congratulations to our friends at CQ Magazine, where a new associate editor has been hired. Sabrina Herman, KB3UJW, has joined the staff, succeeding longtime managing editor Jason Feldman, KD2IWM. Sabrina had been previously managing editor and promotional coordinator for Hermes Press, a small publisher of books in Pennsylvania. She has been a ham for 13 years. We wish everyone at the CQ office well. Welcome home to the four astronauts comprising Crew 5 aboard the ISS. They splashed down safely just off the coast of Florida. Andy Morrison, K9AWM, has the story. Having finished their five-month stay aboard the International Space Station, two astronauts from the U.S., one from Japan and a cosmonaut from the Russian Space Agency, returned to Earth in the Gulf of Mexico just after 9 p.m. on Saturday, March 10th. Two of the four are amateur radio operators. NASA astronauts Josh A. Casada, KI-5CRH, Nicole Anapu Mann, JAXA astronaut Koichi Wakata, KC-5ZTA, and Roscosmos cosmonaut Anna Kakina are now safely home following a mission that began last October when they arrived on the ISS inside a SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule. The replacement team, Crew 6, arrived on March 3rd to continue the work that includes a number of scientific experiments. This is Andy Morrison, K9AWM. A leader in the Quarter Century Wireless Association has become a silent key. We have that story from Cell MB, KB3TZD. Gary J. Kimball was known throughout New England and Central New York for his company, National Audio, which he co-founded in 1977 with his business partner, Mark Gummer, N2IQ. The business provided sound and lighting systems for music events ranging from the Syracuse Jazz Fest to the New York State Fair. 
On the air, he was known as WB2SER, and locally, many knew him as a mentor in the central New York ham community. He was an officer of the Quarter Century Wireless Association, Chapter 29, covering the local Finger Lakes region of New York. QCWA members first received their licenses at least 25 years ago. He was a member of the Radio Amateurs of Greater Syracuse and a member of the Liverpool Amateur Repeater Club. His voice was a familiar one to hams who heard his regular on-air roundups of local ham fests. At the time of his death in late February, Gary had been retired from his company for about five years, according to his online obituary. Gary Kimball was 72. This is Cell MB, KB3TZD. A New York City broadcaster charged with piracy has become the first of two stations to be targeted under a law passed three years ago enabling larger and, until now, unprecedented penalties. The FCC has proposed a record fine of more than $2.3 million against Radio Impacto 2, which the agency said was still on the air at the time the commission made its announcement on Wednesday, March 15th. According to a report in Radio World, the radio signals are being transmitted from the New York City borough of Queens. Radio Impacto's website calls it the official radio of Ecuadorians in New York. According to the Radio World report, the FCC issued a $20,000 forfeiture against the station in 2015, and a year later its broadcast equipment was seized by U.S. Marshals. The second station was identified in the Radio World report as Pirate Radio Eastern Oregon, and its operator faces an $80,000 forfeiture. The FCC is awaiting response from both stations. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the WM9W repeater in Chicago, Illinois, shortly after midnight local time on Tuesdays during the Nightcrawler's Net. The UK National Ham Fest, the well-known rally previously held annually at the Newark Showground in the UK, has been cancelled. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, has the details. Organisers of the 2023 UK National Ham Fest have announced that the rally, which was to have taken place in October in Peterborough, has been called off by the venue. A statement on the Hamfest website said that at such short notice organisers cannot find a replacement venue or a new date. Directors considered a July event back at the Newark venue, but ultimately it was decided that there were too many obstacles for the attendees, traders and too financial benefit. The directors wrote, We can assure you we haven't made this decision lightly. They committed to what they called a bigger and better event in September 2024 at the Newark Showground. This is Jeremy Bucci for NJH. A long-time leader in amateur radio in India has just completed a book that examines the untapped promises that ham radio holds for the future. We hear more about him in his book from Graham Kemp, VK4BB. Well, Science Day was also book launch day for S. Suri, VU2MY, founder of the National Institute of Amateur Radio in Hyderabad, India. Ham enthusiasts, engineers and Indian communications officials arrived at the NIAR campus for the author's introduction of his book, The Untapped Potential of Amateur Radio. Suri told those in attendance that his book underscores the vital role amateur radio plays in disaster response. He said he hoped that by writing the book, he was also making it clear that ham radio is relevant in other areas of society. He said he favoured its increased inclusion as a tool by universities, law enforcement and the armed forces, 
and he urged policymakers to rethink radio's role. According to a book blurb on Amazon.in, the book also traces amateur radio's growth from an activity among experimenters to its emergence as a resource in a number of nations. This is Graham Kemp, VK4BB. In Victoria, Australia, the annual event known as Antenna Palooza isn't just about antennas. Jason Daniels, VK2LAW, explains. Station efficiency is the theme of this year's Antenna Palooza event in Victoria, Australia, and the organisers are looking for presenters. The range of topics can encompass the best way to make your antenna efficient or cover a broader subject area, such as recommended ways to set up your shack. Presentations will take place on Saturday, April 15th or Sunday, April 16th. If you have a proposal to submit, send it to Ian Jackson, VK3 Bravo Uniform Foxtrot at sparky at dcsi.net.au. In keeping with the theme of the three-day camping weekend, presentations should focus more on practical application and less on theory. Talks will be held in the pavilion at Drew and West, about 100 kilometres east of Melbourne. This free, popular outdoor event, now in its eighth year, is a gathering of various area clubs to learn, socialise and get on the air. And of course, try out some new antennas. This is Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. A long-wave radio transmitter in Iceland has been shut down and demolished as Iceland phases out that form of broadcast. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, brings us that story. With a team of police standing nearby to oversee safety concerns, a long-wave transmitter in East Iceland was switched off and demolished. Destruction of the mast standing at 218 metres, Iceland's third tallest structure, took place in late February, the result of a decline in the number of listeners to long-wave radio broadcasts. The transmitter had been operated on 207 kilohertz by the Icelandic broadcaster RUV, which is now giving priority to FM. Another RUV transmitter will continue operating for a little longer in West Iceland on 189 kHz. This is Iceland's tallest structure at 412 metres. There are plans also for that transmitter to close once FM broadcasts replace all of its functions. The impetus for the change is being driven in part by Iceland's civil defence and other organisations looking to improve emergency notification capabilities to be transferred to FM, and which is slowly being upgraded throughout Iceland. This is Jeremy Bucci for NJH. In the world of DX, listen for Russian D-Expedition team using the call sign 9X5RU in Rwanda from March 22nd to April 7th. You will hear them on 160 through 6 meters, and they will also be using the QO100 satellite. They will operate CW, single sideband, and FT8. QSL via the Club Logs OQRS and Logbook of the World. Listen for the special event call sign A60AP, which is on the air until the 31st of August. The suffix stands for the Emirates Astronaut Program, which prepares crews of UAE astronauts for missions that include the International Space Station. QSL via EA7 FTR. Be listening for CT9 slash DD8ZX, CT9 slash DF7EE, and CT9 slash DJ9KM operating from Madeira, IOTA number AF014 from the 22nd to the 28th of March. 
Helmet, DF7EE, will also participate in the CQ Worldwide WPX Single Sideband Contest as CQ3W. QSL CT9DD8ZX and CT9DJ9KM via Logbook of the World or the operator's home calls. QSL CK3W and CT9DF7EE via Logbook of the World or Club Logs OQRS. Miguel EA1BP will be active as FM slash EA1BP from Martinique, IOTA number NA107 from the 21st to the 28th of March. He will be focusing on 17 meters and 12 meters and operating single sideband. Listen for him in the CQ Worldwide WPX single sideband contest, where he will be using the call sign TO70, QSL via Logbook of the World or via his home call. Most of us have heard the phrase, when all else fails, ham radio. Well, our final story for this week carries an alternative thought. When all else fails, aerial drones. <laughs> Here's Ralph Squalachi, KK6ITB, with that story. Deep snow in the Cascade Mountains of Oregon left two motorists trapped earlier this year in the Willamette National Forest. One of them was a woman who had become stranded in her minivan. The other was a man traveling not far from there. There was rarely any traffic or even maintenance workers on this little-traveled road, but they were able to spot one another and try to find a way out of their predicament. However, the road's remote location put it out of range for cell phone service. The snow grew higher, and the temperatures dropped lower. As the two tried to find a way to get word out that they were in danger, the man realized he might, in fact, have a way out for the both of them after all. He would use line-of-sight communications, the same principle employed by ham radio operators on VHF, UHF, and microwave frequencies, as well as those using satellites. He realized that if he could get his cell phone up high enough, say several hundred feet above the thick treetops, its signal would reach a cell tower, enabling it to send a text message that could carry the details of his distress to a friend. He had the cell phone, and, as luck would have it, he happened to have an aerial drone in his car, and the drone had enough power to make that successful flight. It worked. The man's friend received the text with his location and the details of what had happened, and the sheriff's search and rescue team did the rest. The two motorists and the drone were brought to safety. This is Ralph Squillaci, KK6ITB. We remind our listeners that young hams who live in the continental United States have an opportunity to make news, if they aren't already doing so, by being a recipient of this year's Amateur Radio Newsline, Bill Pasternak Memorial Young Ham of the Year Award. Consider nominating an amateur radio operator 18 years of age or younger, someone who has talent, promise, and a commitment to the spirit of ham radio. Find application forms on our website, arnewsline.org, under the YHOTY tab. Nominations are now open, and they close on May 31st. Do you have a piece of amateur radio news that you think Newsline would be interested in? We're not talking about advertising your club's upcoming ham fest or field day participation, but something that is out of the ordinary. If so, send us a brief overview via the contact page at arnewsline.org. If it's newsworthy and we'd like to cover it, we'll get back to you for more details. With thanks to Amateur News Weekly, Amazon India, Antenna Palooza, CQ Magazine, CNN.com, Daniel Sohn, WL7COO, David Behar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, the FCC, 
425 DX News, National Weather Service, QRZ.com, Radio World, RUV Iceland, shortwaveradio.de, Telangana Today, UK National Ham Fest, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO in Valparaiso, Indiana, saying 73. As always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2023. All rights reserved.